Right now on Lone Star Politics, she's the Democrat looking to unseat longtime Republican Senator John Cornyn. Um, Texans have values that might be a little bit different from the rest of the country and are not so much partisan as much as they are Texan. This morning, an exclusive one-on-one -on -one interview with MJ Hager. Plus, with just one day remaining for the 86th legislative regular session, a closer look at one of its biggest battles. We have had the Super Bowl of legislative sessions in the history of the state and I think in the history of the country. Transformational ideas in education which take us to number one in the country for the way we're going to finance education. This is Lone Star Politics from NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News. Good Sunday morning. I'm Julie Fine from NBC5, along with Gromer Jeffers, political reporter with the Dallas Morning News. How are you, Gromer? I'm fine, Julie. What about you? You ready for the holiday gateway to the summer? I'm ready for the holiday. And then the legislature, we've been really busy, so maybe we'll slow down for, I yeah, don't know, a second they, and a half. Let's see if they actually sign it die tomorrow. It'll it looks be like interesting. They got everything wrapped up, so we'll see. And we start this morning with the nation's capital, a planned meeting cut short between the president and Democratic leadership and progress on infrastructure. No progress there. With more on the battle in Washington, Congressman Ron Wright, who represents the 6th District of Texas, stretching from Arlington to Corsicana. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about that meeting. Are you concerned about gridlock now in Washington? Well, of course I am. And that, if there is a big bill that should pass on a bipartisan basis, it's the infrastructure bill. You know, both houses of Congress want it, both parties want it, the White House wants it. Uh, what you saw this week was just pathetic. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, when you're the Speaker of the House and you accuse the President of the United States of a cover-up, and then you get in the car and go to the White House to try and negotiate something, uh, that tells me that she wasn't serious to begin with about negotiating this thing. But it needs to be done. The nation needs it. Everybody wants it. The, they need to get the, the petty politics out of the way. So where, where do you stand on the, the House investigations of the president that's going on right now? Do you think it's, they're legitimate? They have the right to do it? Or do you? Well, they, they may have the right to do it, but, but is it legitimate? Uh, no, it, 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 it's a witch hunt. There's, they were so disappointed when they got the Mueller report and there was nothing there. Uh, and, and so they're desperate now. Uh, the things that are happening in the House, and let me first say that there's a lot of us that want to work on a bipartisan basis and really get some things done, and we are getting some things done. Uh, but the leadership of the House, uh, they don't want that. And they want to dog this president till the 2020 election. That's what this is all about. There's no question about that. Uh, the Mueller report blew up in their face. And they didn't know what to do next. Was, was there any, anything you were concerned about in the Mueller report? Some of the things uh, Mr. Mueller listed that some folks say, you know, could have been obstruction of justice. Were no, you concerned about no, anything? No, look, if, um, if there's no underlying crime, there's no obstruction. And uh, the president can ask an aide or a cabinet member or his, his counsel, especially his counsel, to do any number of things. And if it's not done, there's no obstruction. Nothing was obstructed, okay? We, you don't have to like the man's personality. You don't have to like his tweets. 
But the fact is, Donald Trump is getting great results for this country, and the Democrats need to, to work with him on some of these really important bills. We need the infrastructure bill. We need MC, uh, USMCA to pass. All these things, uh, petty politics to get in the way. Don't you, do you think that it's just the Democrats that are at fault here, or do you believe it's leadership in both parties that should really sit down and say, okay, we've got to do this? Well, I, I would absolutely say that leadership in both parties need need to sit down together and get some things done. And, and what a lot of people don't see is a lot of that happens, where people from both parties are working together to get some things done. Uh, you know, this week we we passed a bill for that's going to help retirees and the four hundred one ks, and the that passed out of the house. Uh, we passed the child protection bill out of the house that had my amendment in it. Uh, we pa- in fact, I got my first bill passed out of the House. Uh, you know, the Digital Gap Act that'll help technology companies in the in the United States compete overseas uh, with Huawei and, and, and the other Chinese companies. That's something that's desperately needed overseas because of what's going on with China. So a lot of things are happening on a bipartisan basis, and we are getting some things done. But when you look at the national news, you don't see that. All you see is the controversies. But what happened this week with the infrastructure negotiation was absolutely shameful to, again, accuse the, the uh, uh, president of the United States of a cover-up and then go to the White House and expect him to negotiate with you? Do you think, let's set that meeting aside or, or the speaker's statements aside, if you, if you remove those statements, do you think, you guys could have got to a, a number on infrastructure. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. I, I think the numbers are already there. That that was pretty much agreed to in general terms with the first meeting. Um, and I think that again, everybody wants this. We know, we're behind when it comes to infrastructure and and the things that need to be done in the United States. Uh, there's two things that can kill this. One is we got to figure out how to pay for it without you know ruining in the economy and, right. and all of it being debt and all that. But the other is this. If the Democrats, and particularly the radical left in the party, try and load that up with a bunch of environmental things that would be poison pills for conservatives, then it won't go anywhere. But we have a great opportunity to really help the country and move a, an infrastructure bill if, again, the petty politics, they'll put that aside. Turning now to 2020, how does this all affect it? Well, everything that's going on right now um, is, is going to affect it because everything that, again, that the, lead, the leadership in the House does, uh, it's all about the 2020 election. And, you know, Ms. Pelosi has a huge job on her hands because on the one, one hand, she has all of these uh, Democrats that are freshmen that won in, in uh, marginal districts. They barely won. You know, we lost the House by 81,000 votes total. Uh, spread over 20-something elections. So she has those, those people to worry about, and they're being forced to vote on things they really can't justify back home. And then you have the radical left in the party that's trying to push uh, the party more and more to the left, and, and, and you know they want Donald Trump's head, and Nancy Pelosi knows if there's an impeachment, it's going to be really bad for Democrats in 2020. Uh, during the promo for the show, you mentioned that M.J. Hager who's running against John Cornyn, right. and the, or whatever Democrat emerges, they don't have a chance to be Cornyn. Not at all. Well, why? why not why do not you John Cornyn. John Cornyn 
is very popular in Texas. He's extremely well known in Texas. He was a state a Supreme Court judge. He was attorney general before he became a U.S. senator. He's now the senior senator from Texas. And um, look, people like him. He's a very likable person. Uh, people trust him. And uh, he's going to have plenty of money. She's going to have lots of money. But as well-spoken as she is, um, I would disagree with every single thing that came out of her mouth in the promo. Yeah, and she's got to get through a primary. But what about you? What, your, your re-election bid, uh, you see the numbers tightening not at in your all. neck of the woods? No, your- not, not at all. Uh, in fact, I see it just going the other way. Um, we had some... Some things happened in, in 2018, and we, we know now how they did it. Uh, Beto O'Rourke had 800 paid, volu- not volunteers, paid staff in the state working, walking neighborhoods and things like that, voter registration, going into apartment complexes and registering people. That was a smart thing to do. Uh, and they, they hit on, on two issues in particular over and over again, and I'm talking about Democrats generally, and that was healthcare and education, and it resonated in the in the suburbs. And so uh, we've got to do well in the suburbs. We those have traditionally been Republican strongholds. We need to get them back. Rural Texas is still absolutely red. Uh, you know, I won my two rural counties seventy thirty, and uh, and will again. Uh, that's Trump country, and uh, Donald Trump is going to do real well in Texas. He's going to win Texas. And uh, John Cornyn is going to be senator again. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us. We thank are you. glad that we got you here for Thanks the first for time since me. you've been congressman. Right. Thanks so much. Thank you. And still ahead, my interview with a candidate trying to do something no Texas Democrat has been able to do since 1988. There's a toughness aspect to, to you know, the, a set of Texas values that we want to see and we don't really see reflected back in a lot of our current leadership. Why MJ Hager believes she can beat longtime Senator John Cornyn when Lone Star Politics continues. Longtime Texas Senator John Cornyn will face MJ Hager in the 2020 election. She narrowly lost her bid for a congressional seat in 2018. This week, I sat down with her for an exclusive interview. Let's start with this. Why do you want to be senator and what should Texans know about you? You know, I've, I was raised here. I've lived in Texas since I was seven, and I am uh, excited to be part of what I think is a real moment for Texas, where we have so many people waking up and realizing that they can do something about the fact that they have representation that doesn't reflect their values. We've been such a low voter turnout state, um, and it's, it's exciting to see record numbers at the polls, and, and, and I believe that that comes from a hunger from Texans to see Texas values reflected back when they look at their representatives, and we don't see that right now. You're running against a well-known senator who's been in leadership. He won with more than 60% of the vote last time around. What makes you think you can beat Senator Cornyn? Texans are hard to fool. Um, and when Texans get to know me a little bit better and they see that their choice is between a career politician who's had decades in politics and is answering to his party leadership and voting as he's told versus a working mom who's a combat vet who has served her country, who has shown a willingness and an effectiveness at taking on the establishment to fight for people in my community, I think that's going to be a pretty easy choice for them. Senator Cornyn has proved he can raise money. How will you? 
So I was endorsed by End Citizens United because I am a big fighter against the influence of money in politics, and I don't take corporate PAC money. And that didn't stop me from exceeding everybody's expectations and raising $5 million last cycle. And I'm going to do it again the way that I did it then, which is inspiring people, having a grassroots campaign, a people-powered campaign. And if enough of us stand up and loop arms and start marching in the same direction, um, we can accomplish a lot. Let's go through some of your policy positions. Let's begin with health care. What should be done? Well, we have to protect pre-existing conditions. We have millions of Texans that have pre-existing conditions. Um, I was pregnant, which is a pre-existing condition, when I was facing being laid off in uh, my healthcare job. I worked in the healthcare industry for five years as well. Um, and being tied to that employer insurance means, one, if you get laid off with a pre-existing condition, then you, you, know, you can't buy into Medicare. You can't, you know, there's no way for you to get coverage unless you um, have a spouse that has coverage or something like that. And that's hurting our kids. It's hurting our maternal mortality rate here in Texas. It's one of the reasons it's one of the highest. Um, but also, it's a barrier to going back and getting more education. It's a barrier to quitting your job to start a small business. Um, it's an economic um, thing as well. Gun control. Yeah, you know, I think I'm a firearm owner myself, and responsible gun owners are supportive of gun safety legislation, not gun control. Um, we've been sold this bill of goods that if there's any gun safety legislation, it's an infringement on our Second Amendment rights, which I actually think it's the opposite, that the gun violence epidemic is the strongest threat to my Second Amendment rights. Um, I own five firearms. I also have toddlers, though. And I recognize that the problem is much bigger than just the mass shootings that we see. It's also kids getting their hands on guns, um, people with mental illness getting their hands on our guns. Um, you know, I, I think that we need to encourage the gun safety legislation that's being proposed that can do something about the gun violence epidemic before it does threaten our Second Amendment rights. So are you in favor of universal background checks? Absolutely. Just like the vast majority of Americans and NRA members I am. Border wall, and how do you feel about a border wall, and what about immigration? So I think that if we have a senator who supports stealing land from Texas cattle ranchers and landowners um, and, and robbing the military construction budget when our military is so sorely in need of daycares and housing and they're living with pest control issues and mold issues with housing that's falling apart, um, you know, then we need to reassess our our. Uh, our our priorities. I think that we need to elect people who understand national security, who understand how border security works and how important that is. I actually served three years in the counter-drug task force, um, and I see that drugs and guns are also coming in in the air and overseas, and, and yes, some over land, but we need to focus on border security by investing in technology and in people, um, not building a wall that's going to end up um, stealing people's private property. Impeachment. Do you think that the uh Democrats should begin impeachment inquiries? You know, I think it's important that we have processes involved that um, provide us with the ability to investigate. Uh, I think that it's important that we have um, three co-equal branches of government that provide checks and balances on each other. And I do believe that Congress has a responsibility to provide oversight. Um, I completely understand the argument, and it's compelling to say that, you know, we should let the American people decide. They're going to have the um, opportunity to replace the president if that's what they decide to do um, at the ballot box. But I'm cognizant of what are the history books going to say, what are we telling future generations is, is uh, acceptable in behavior um, of our elected officials. What do you bring to the race that you believe can lead you to beat Senator Cornyn? Because, again, Senator Cornyn is well-liked in Texas. He's had roles in leadership. 
and he's done well here. I would, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the, the data shows that he's that well-known and that well-liked. I mean, he has one of the lowest approval ratings of any senator, and that's partly because he is Mitch McConnell's top lieutenant. Um, Texans have values that might be a little bit different from the rest of the country and are not so much partisan as much as they are Texan. Um, we value strength. We value courage. We value the ability to stand up and, and fight. Um, there's a toughness aspect to, to you know, the, a set of Texas values that we want to see and we don't really see reflected back in a lot of our current leadership. Um, and I think that once Texans see that they have an opportunity to elect somebody who is one of them, who is just a working mom, who, you know, has fought for this country, who has taken an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and this race is just me continuing that oath, um, you know, I think that that's definitely something that once people see that they have an opportunity to send somebody to D.C. to reflect Texas values instead of go to D.C. and do as they're told by their party leadership, that they'll take advantage of it. Last question. What is the most important thing that Texans know about you? That I'm a fighter, just like they are, and that I'm ready to stand up and fight for Texans and for Texas values. You know, Julie, she had the, the option of, of running for Congress again, trying to, to, to win that seat because she came so close last time. But after sitting down with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and other national Democrats, she uh, they convinced her and she thought that running against Cornyn was a better fit and that it was doable. But watch out for the, the Democratic primary in this race. State Senator Royce West could be a candidate. You know, we'll see what he does this summer. And Chris Bell, the former congressman out of Houston, will be a candidate as well. So she won't have an easy walk to the nomination, but she is an intriguing candidate. Well, and but the two you just mentioned, they both have name recognition. Right, exactly. Two, you yeah. know, so it, it, it will be interesting to see if there is a primary in this. I mean, Joaquin Castro took himself out of the running. Right, exactly. But she represents this, this new breed of Democrat that's emerging in Texas and across the country. All right. And while the race for Senate isn't until next year, we should mention that early voting starts this week for local runoff elections. Election day is June 8th. Early voting begins Tuesday. Among the races we'll be watching closely, the bid for Dallas mayor between Representative Eric Johnson and Councilmember Scott Griggs. And we'll be right back with more Lone Star Politics. We can definitively say future generations of children in Texas will be better off because of the education reforms passed this session. The tax burden on Texas property owners will be less because of what we accomplished this session. The big three were together in Austin this week announcing both school finance reforms and property tax relief as well. As you know, two top legislative priorities this session. Yeah, they got it done. At least from their perspective, we'll, we'll see what's in the details and how it impacts school districts in this area and teachers, what they get. But, but, but yeah, compared to last session where it ended on a, a, a fight on the floor and there were all these divisive bills. In special session. And, and yeah, this is pretty remarkable. And you know why this happened, right? 2018. It was because of the elections. Exactly. was a wake-up call to a lot of Republicans particularly those who are in close races in places like Collin County. So the big three decided, look, the voters want results. They want, they want us to deliver. And so that's what they tried to do. So you didn't see as many wedge issues this session as you did in previous sessions. 
You brought up some good points there, Gromer. Property taxes, school finance, we keep hearing that from voters. Yeah, and that- now 2020, everybody's going to try to win the argument. And that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next Sunday.